0: back to another episode of the presser for a podcast on today's episode we sit down with dr nicole tatro who is an author a neuroscientist a founder researcher and also a meditation teacher on today's topic we talk about mindfulness and ways in which that can help someone with anxiety i'm um, just understanding one's thoughts um if you're new here if you're a returning you know listener please be sure to leave us a review um yeah, we we want to continue to give out, the, put out these episodes, and um, continue to deliver. But today's episode is a gem. Let's get into it. Okay, uh, welcome back to another episode of the Pressing Forward Podcast. On today's episode, we have uh, Doctor Tetro. Did I say that right? Tetro. Tetra. T- 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 okay. Um, and uh, today's topic is going to be on mindfulness and just you know the different aspects of being more mindful. Um, So I'll give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, um, your expertise, you know, what do you do? So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm a neuroscientist um, and I really, my goal is to offer the most promising neuroscience and uh, medical breakthroughs and positive psychology so people can live their best lives. Um, And... Maybe a similarity that may feel just like you um, is that I was in graduate school. Um, I had a mother who was struggling um, with a neurodegenerative disease called Parkinson's. Um, And there was a lot of anxiety and mental health challenges related to the pressures of being a young mother, of having a mother that was quite ill and being in graduate school. And I found the doorway of meditation to be one way that I can really learn to recenter my mind um, and be with the experiences um, as they arise, rather than trying to push away um, difficult emotions or experiences I was having and so. So a lot like you, I've wanted to really offer doorways to people who may be suffering um, and help guide them um, with practices that have worked for me.
0: So you you talked about um, just that element of, you know, dealing with anxiety um, pertaining to your your mother. Um, When were you like introduced to um, meditation? Like when did that when did you discover meditation and how did you get into that?
1: Yeah. Well, my first uh, meditation was really introduced through yoga classes um, when I was in graduate school. And for the first time in my life, I was able to sit in a pose called Shavasana, where you just lie on the ground. A lot of people may be familiar with that. And, um, you know, it's it's a moment where you die and you're reborn. (laughs) And I kind of loved that experience of feeling that I don't have to be the story or the spirit experience that I am Um, and so that was my first introduction Um, and then as I kind of progressed I really started doing trainings um, and I started actually a pretty intensive dance and yoga practice um, where I was in my body and that was my meditation and Um, dancing for me, I felt layers of connection to the universe. And the fact that I felt so much gratitude that I had a body that worked. Um, Whereas my mother with Parkinson's, it's a motor disorder. um, And I knew her body was failing her that she couldn't take certain types of walks. And so there were, there was gratitude, you know, gratitude that I had my body. And the awareness that my mother didn't. And so it was starting to shape um, my consciousness to kind of live more in a meditative practice. And then I, upon my graduation, my mom really had only three months left to live. Um, And I decided to not take a job in academia and I um, stepped away and I cared for her. And I was with her and that's really I think when my living meditation practice began was learning to sit with her in silence and not having to um, fix or do or change anything about the experience and then I started taking um, mindfulness courses through insight meditation at Insight LA. And then from there on just took pretty much any meditation course and training that i came in contact with to learn more
0: yeah that that was going to be my uh next question <laughs> is how you got you pretty much answered it but um so how much of that mindfulness and the, those things that you were able to gain from um you know exercising and yoga and things like that how much of that mindfulness guides the work that you do now
1: it touches everything i do Um, you know, every time I give a talk, um, I lead with a meditation, um, anytime that somebody is struggling, I, um, you know, look at it as a moment to celebrate my practice and what are the techniques I can use? How can I bring in more compassion? Um, how, how can I bring equanimity and awareness? If somebody tells me good news, you know, how do I bring in joyful, um, enthusiasm for their happiness, you know? And so it's really, um, for me, it's meditation. Isn't about sitting on the cushion. um, although that is a formal practice for me, it's how do I, for example, drive in traffic and have the awareness that, well, we're in traffic and we're in this together. And I get to drive in traffic and oh, my fellow human being needs to get over (laughs) a lane. How do I let you in rather than saying this is my spot and my stance? How can I cause ease when there's challenge? Um, You know, I would say as it gets more into a meditative practice um, when things come into awareness of social action. you know, I'm still a student in that, you know, in the sense that I can see a homeless person on the street, and have the awareness. And, um, you know, at the time, deciphering in my mind, how can I sit with that, and that fellow human offer compassion, as well as hold the suffering. Um, and so I think, that's still a huge practice um, you know I have a teenage son you know sometimes he he likes to let me know what he knows yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so how do I as a mom um, you know compassionately you know with a sternness um, hold space and 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 set a boundary if I think his bound if his um, behavior or the, his tone, isn't something that I want to take in at that moment. And so it's um, so it's woven in everything. I'm far from imperfect, <laughs> you know, and I take a beginner's mind at every moment. You know, I think as human beings, you know, I don't sit here as somebody that knows all the answers. I'll share what has worked for me. Yeah. Um, and I also love learning from other people. Um, you know, when I was younger i i worked as a a cashier in a grocery store and um i remember all the different people that came in and they all had so many different stories and there was one day i was sitting there or i was standing and i was checking someone out and i thought there isn't anybody i can't learn something from (laughs) you know and it it really opened me to realize that i can learn from anybody um and so that's that's kind of the openness i think that a meditative practice also provides
0: got you. so it seems like for you that meditative practice has allowed you to increase your you know self-awareness and just you know be able to be more aware of what's going on around you um so for individuals that don't aren't familiar with what mindfulness is what is it and uh, how where does it actually stem from
1: yeah that's a great question so mindfulness um is really stemmed from meditation. And meditation came, you know, over uh, several thousand years ago from Asia, um, specifically in India, where they were um, having modes of practices for meditation. And mindfulness is one of the core six to seven meditative practices. And so um, you really have mindfulness, um, which is a way that you tune in to your experience without pushing it away. And then another form of a meditative practice is concentration, for example, where you focus on the breath. Um, And then you kind of get into awareness where you're paying, um, where you're really allowing experiences to happen as they are without shifting or changing them. And then there's these heartful practices um, called loving awareness um, and um, Uh, loving and compassion practices that kind of are heart openers Um, and then we have inquiry where you kind of um, have these koans and you say what am I doing here what's life Um, you know what is this who are we Um, and that's really an inquiry practice and that could come up where people could experience a lot of doubt um, in their practices and then you have kind of another layer of um, devotional practices where um, people use mantra and they use um, different types of chanting. Um, and that really kind of invokes chanting, um, kind of invokes um, kind of ways to move energy um, and get into a really heartful sense um and then the final one is embodiment where you do it kind of every day in life and so mindfulness is part of one of the six main meditative practices
0: i got you so i, I know the uh the accurate picture or the picture that most people get of uh, mindfulness is usually the meditation sitting in a seat with your shoulders up and you know broad shoulders things like that so um how does mindfulness been shown to uh actually impact the brain
1: yeah so um Well, there's a couple of things you know you said about sitting in a seat and I work with a lot of neurodiverse people, and when we talk about neurodiversity it's like an umbrella of individuals who um, have different brain wiring and they experience their environment differently, Um, and sometimes the standard sitting practice may not work so, for example, if you have a person who has a more active mind. Um, and say they're cognitively diverse um, with different attentional um, issues or differences. You know, you may wanna have a practice where you do a meditative walk and there are these things called an awe walk where people go out, look at the environment and they pay attention and tune in to their environment and and notice butterflies or birds and trees. Um, and so, a meditation practice does not have to be something that is standard on sitting on a cushion. Um, and then, like the second part you were asking about, uh, it, what was the second question?
0: Um, how is how, do, how does it exactly like impact
1: the brain? Yeah, your brain so. Cushion. Yeah, so there's been over 16,500 different studies wow. to show how meditation and mindfulness um, can really change a person in the sense where they have more in tune communication, they're more compassionate, um, can reduce things like anxiety, depression, um, allows people to have increased creativity. Um, uh more um morality and social consciousness um improvements in interpersonal relationships and in communication um as well as greater empathy and compassion for others and um when you look at it and you think about the brain there's been specific studies um that show that um, you can really re- rewire your brain. Um, there's this area of the amygdala. It's kind of like this almond shape inside your brain, um, which is our first primary emotional response to fear. And then you have this frontal cortex here, which is um, really important. Right here, this dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex is really important for executive functioning and decision making. Um, and going ahead with in-tune communication and things like that and that part of the brain they show through doing a very specific mindfulness-based stress reduction protocol for um, 40 minutes a day for eight weeks and this was the original one that Jon Kabat-Zinn came back from and taught in hospitals They found that the brain, the amygdala area reduced in size, the fear area and the area of the frontal cortex really expanded. And this allows people to have greater regulation of their emotions, greater communication and um, connection with others
0: that's uh i I just learned a lot too even with the uh the structure that you brought out I felt like I was in anatomy again but... <laughs> um, so for for anybody who wanted to uh start out in in mindfulness practice i guess um is it difficult to to start off in
1: it's a mind state right and I think that um you know sometimes you know i think when you think about the word challenge or difficulty i mean it's perspective you know um uh, Ram Das, he's one of like the world leaders, um, where he brought meditation back to the West. He would say that he would sit there for seven hours, um, and meditate straight. And it would look like he was meditating and he would be having some wild fantasy. And so, um, the idea that, you know, you have to sit on your cushion and you can't move. And the, the, The point of meditation is to bring you back again and again and again to the present moment. And so whether or not you sit down and you quiet your mind for, you know, one to 15 minutes a day and you sit there and you have one good second where you're in tune with your awareness, that's progress. And each time you do that, you shape a new neural network. Um, and what they show is that actually a great study showed that just practicing 13 minutes a day of meditation allows you to train that muscle and train that wiring pattern. The other thing, um, to let people know is we've kind of been co-opted and misinformed by people to tell us that, oh, a new habit only takes 30 days. Yeah. Um, A study showed that it actually takes um, up to 18 to 365 days, depending how difficult the task is so, for example, participants went all the way from drinking a cup of water. To running 15 minutes at lunchtime let's say, and the people who drank a cup of water, they learned how to master that skill automatically within. 16 18 days or so people who needed who ran it took them closer to like 66 days and so i think the other thing too to remember about a practice is that it may take 66 days or plus to see those effects you know for me um when i think about mindfulness and you know the challenges of sitting i really when i started out in my early days i started out with guided meditations um, that are found on like insight timer or they're found on um uh, different um uh, sounds true um and you know when i think about the embodiment of meditation you know an important element to think about when it's working um you know i i kind of spill stuff you know even though i was a scientist and in a lab, I, I, yeah. I just I, I'm spill. I, I'm a prone person to spill, And this one day I had spilled water all over. And I said, there was a minute in my head where I said, Oh, you're Dumbo, you idiot. Yeah. And then I said, Oh, wait, that's what towels are for spills happen. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the shift of how do I soften those self-critical thoughts? How do I soften these very difficult stories I've programmed in my mind of what it is to be a perfection or how it is to do things? And so it's, um, so when we think about it, you know, I really invite people to explore the different types of meditation to not just say, oh, I'm going to sit here in silence for 15 minutes. You know, you could, there's, tons of um music on spotify that's meditative music you can listen to or guided meditations um and i would recommend you know finding the areas where you can find support um, also some people can't sit it's okay to lie down you know i um let people know a lot in my early years you know the first time that i really started insight meditation i slept i fell asleep Oh wow. um And my, and then I would come back out of meditation and, um, you know, and my teacher would say, it's okay. Your body needed rest. That's okay. And then I learned and I trained my mind, the concentration to not fall asleep, you know, and there's techniques you could keep one foot up, you know, there's all different ways you could keep the alertness happening as well. Um, and so, uh, there's a lot of, Barriers somebody could come up against and, at the same time, um, finding the avenue that works, you know, maybe a heartful practice of just teaching yourself the metaphrases and practicing those, you know, could be a really great way, you know, to navigate from class to class, you know, not getting bumped on gotcha. on campus.
0: And um, one of the things that you talked about and just what I picked up um, as with anything, um, it takes time to, to build an uh, effective habit. It takes time to, to master something. So um, how does this, how would this help somebody who say has anxiety?
1: Well, I think that for anxiety, I mean, that's really the one reason why I personally went to met that I began to meditate and what I found was by expanding my ability to sit in my breath and to quiet my mind over time i began to train my brain that not every anxious thought i experienced and do experience is true Mm -hmm. (laughs) that anxiety really comes from a fear-based emotion And what meditation has brought for me is how can I reset my window of tolerance and pay attention that this may feel challenging and where can I bring myself compassion and love to myself in this moment?
0: Gotcha. And um, so you've actually written a book um, called The uh, Insight on a Bright Mind. Can you talk more about that book? What was the motivation uh, behind writing that book?
1: Yeah, so insight into a right mind, um, you know, I wrote, it was really, it has a very long story to it, but it's here. And it was about um, really to shape our awareness around neurodiversity um, and recognizing that one in five people in our society are neurodiverse, which really encompasses people who are, um, you know, on the autism spectrum, ADHD gifted, um, have sensory processing, um, dyspraxia, dyscalculia, dyslexia. Um, and I really wanted to reshape our dialogue, our communication about these brain differences to have more inclusion and more compassion in our society. Um, what I've noticed in these different populations is, first and foremost, it's one in five people. So it's 20% 20 percent of our population tends to be neurodiverse and when we think about at school and we think about jobs um, how do we create greater equity and diversity within this community and so what i really wanted to do is highlight um, i interviewed um, over 15 people had their personal stories and then i wrote about the neuroscience Um, That supports why different brain types um, have natural gifts to give our society and how we really need to change our structures in our thinking about intelligence, um, in our thinking about um, inclusion, um, to allow for diversity in these different types of um, brain wiring.
0: I love that. And uh, where can people actually find this? Can you show us the book
1: again? Oh, yeah. It's... um, it's found um, pretty much anywhere books are sold um, and uh, yeah, it's on Kindle too, if if people like that version. And so you can find it on Amazon pretty easily and any bookstore.
0: Gotcha. And uh, I just wanna be cognizant of the time that we have left. Um, so usually how we wrap up the show is leaving the audience with one piece of advice. Um, what would that advice be?
1: Yeah, um, well, <laughs> One piece of advice is to recognize you're okay exactly where you're at. There isn't anything you have to do or fix or change about yourself. You're exactly perfect as you are. And, um, and I mean, I think a technique for them to use in terms of meditation for themselves is to allow themselves, um, three deep breaths scientifically, we know um taking three deep breaths really recenters our nervous system it reduces um, our heart rate it allows us to have a parasympathetic response and then we get an increase in positive neurochemicals um, for trust which are oxytocin and vasopressin and we learn to have more trusting connections with people so anytime you're going into you know, a big test or a big performance, or say you're going out and you're going to go out on the field and play football, um, give yourself that moment to recenter your mind and and take really two deep breaths, uh, three, de- three deep breaths and recenter that nervous system.
0: I love that advice because we have a lot of uh, young professionals, young athletes that, you know, tune into the show. So I think that should be super helpful for any individuals who might be you know, suffering or just even, you know, um, I guess dealing with some of those things. So um, where can the people find you and um, the services that you offer?
1: Yeah, so I'm at NicoleTatro.com. Um, I'm on Instagram um, and Twitter and a couple other platforms is Awesome Neuro. Um, I'm gonna have a be launching a bunch of series um, on YouTube and TikTok videos, short videos um, on kind of, the positives of neuroscience and meditation. So, look out for those, and it's awesome neuro. <laughs>
0: gotcha, gotcha. Thank you, uh, Dr. Tetra, and I appreciate you uh, joining me on today's show. And,
1: thank you.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully, hopefully people were able to, you know, not only learn about you know mindfulness, but just even your story. And um, I appreciate you for joining me again.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, and thank you for all the beautiful your work you're doing to um, help athletes out there and and all of all people all around the world
0: thank you and that pretty much wraps today's show thank you for listening um if you gained something if you learned something um you just ask that you know share this with somebody in your circle you know share this with somebody you you know might be suffering with anxiety or just looking for ways to you know better understand themselves and, and better understand their thoughts so um you never know who you can help you know so just doing your part um, can make a big difference. So, um, you know, while you're at it, you can also leave us a review. You can, If you want to watch the visual um, of this uh, episode, it's available on YouTube as well. So, go check that out. And as always, stay blessed.